Becoming One podcast. We are Brad and Kate. In our more than 20 years of marriage, we've survived both dark times and experienced restoration. Now, as a licensed marriage counselor and relationship coaches, we help couples to regain hope and joy. We invite you to journey with us as we are still becoming one. Let's start the conversation. Welcome, everybody. We are so glad that you're here today. We are tackling a difficult topic, but it is Mm -hmm. such an important one because we get asked this question all the time. Can my marriage be saved after my spouse was unfaithful? Yeah, it's a it's a very tough topic and we want to come here with a place of holding holding all the emotions that come with this well because it's not an easy topic to talk about. It's not an easy topic to be able to hit all of the nuances with. Correct. It's just very complicated and and so I think we want to speak to that first of just understanding that Every situation is unique, and so not everything we say will fit those. I am not of the camp of people who say, oh, but actually situations aren't unique. Well, that's somewhat true. There is going to be a thread through these situations that is similar or draws these people Mm -hmm, together. mm -hmm. But the specifics of it all, you may connect with someone, but... Then there are some that are right. so very different, and which is why there is simply no one answer, right? Like, and anyone who looks at your situation and just goes, "Well, across the board, X," you know, mm-hmm. and and unfortunately, this is where the church has just seriously missed it most of the time, yeah. and just that what they tend to say exclusively is, "Yep, you need to forgive and just move on," mm-hmm. and that is well, a misunderstanding of what God's Word said, and it is certainly a place of not actually listening to mm-hmm. uh, to what the harm and the hurt has been. Right. I think also, and I think we should give it voice, because infidelity deals with a sexual relation with some, relationship Correct. with someone, although you can also have emotional um, affairs and whatnot. We're speaking specifically when it, it has the physical element to it. There's also the message of like you just didn't have enough sex with your spouse, so it's your fault. Go and do that, and it'll. Oh I, no, they might not say it's your fault, but go and have more sex, and everything will be. And oh, it's like, yeah, we've heard people have had that advice exactly, and it's just, it just makes me cringe to think any spouse would be told that. And you're right, the spouse who is told that is definitely going to feel like, oh, so this is my fault. I mm-hmm. have to fix it. Um, and it's not that we're saying that before the affair understand me, before anyone acted outside of the marriage, we could have looked at your marriage and talked to you equally about what dynamic you bring, what dynamic you bring. Once someone steps outside of the marriage, we now have to deal with that. We can't actually write. We can't actually get to the other stuff because the offense of that is so devastating, has so many consequences that we can't actually go back and you say, well, this was happening. And right. That just, and we need to be clear about that. I think that's important for people to know. Cause if you're in a place where you're like, we need someone to help us figure this out, don't 
avoid that. Like go find that help. Go find the help. Because that's when you can actually, someone, a third party can actually help you see the different sides and what each of you bring, what your stories bring, all of that. But once you add in this and step outside of your marriage, that's actually, we just have to deal with the devastation and the hurt. With the betrayal. Of betrayal and unfaithfulness. And unfortunately, the church just simply, uh, most of the time, looks at only one side, and they will mm-hmm. say, "Oh, we, you just have to forgive, and move on." And look, we we can have a whole other conversation about what is forgiveness and where does forgiveness belong in marriage. God does ask us to forgive, mm-hmm. but forgiveness is not you know, uh, is not restoration. Forgiveness does not mean that... It does not guarantee it. Right, yeah. does not guarantee restoration. And it's a totally different process. So just, uh, you know, having any blanket statement, unfortunately, most often to women that says, yep, you just have to forgive them and move on without any real process of restoration does not work. Well, I think that's an important point you bring out there. I'm not sure we wanted to go this vein necessarily, but I mean, we've seen many affairs where it's, it's, the, the husband having the affair, but we've seen many where it's the wife yeah, having the affair. Correct. But the church does really put a stress when it is the husband who's had the affair, correct. that the wife has to do a lot of work to fix it. I actually find it's the opposite. And I don't want to go down that road too much, but I think it's really important for us to ask why and right. be curious about, you know, like in the church, how we are handling husbands, men and women as equals. Because in that situation... It's not. So I don't, I don't want to go down that trail, but I would love yeah. your thoughts on it. You can comment on that. But I think that we need to continue to ask ourselves the hard questions of why is that? Sure. Absolutely. But yeah. So I think you can tell already, you know, just as, as if you will, answering the question of can my marriage be saved is we firmly believe that yes, it can be. Mm-hmm. The Absolutely. key word is can. Right. And so th- what would it take? What What is it that we look for when we see a marriage that's working towards restoration? Yeah, that's really good. And I think I think first it's important to remember that God can work in any situation. That's right. So I never want to limit him. However, the biggest thing that we see, and we actually see this to be the biggest thing for marital success and satisfaction in your marriage are two people who are willing to recognize their own story and their own dynamic and what that brings to the relationship. Mm -hmm. And when they see it bringing something that is repetitive in nature, not good, like Mm -hmm. not bringing good dynamics um, all the way to the point of toxic, that they themselves are willing to get the help they need to dig through all of why they do that. Right. Um, that doesn't mean that someone might not bring it to your attention. Hey, I constantly see this happening. Like, it's not that you always have to see it, but when you do, someone points it out to you or you do see it yourself or your spouse is making you aware of something that you are willing to be curious. And let's be honest. Right. Most people are defensive at first, but if you can actually step back and be like, oh, I don't, I don't really... I don't really love this about myself. Like instead of being defensive and prideful and just digging my heels in, maybe I can be the one who steps up and gets someone to help me 
work through this. And it, so you're you, you're saying that the person who's had the affair needs to dig into why why yes. they went outside the marriage, what Absolutely. they were looking for, and humbly and humbly. They need to understand the correct. the. It, we can't look at what you think caused it. We need to actually look at the effects of what you've done, why you chose this. Right. Right? Um, yeah, they need to be the ones stepping up and doing that. You have greatly offended your spouse. It's not your spouse's job to drag you to Correct. get help to figure this out. Correct. But what I was speaking to is even bef- before any of that, two people are just getting married. Two individuals who are willing to own their own stuff, to work on their own dynamics, to know their story, to know what it brings is what we're seeing who have the most success and satisfaction in marriage. Sure. Absolutely. And that would account for this type of situation. I mean, actually, hopefully it would keep these situations from From potentially happening, but we are human and yeah. Yeah. So I, I think the, the, the real answer is yes, it's possible, but it really is going to take exactly what Kate's talking about is somebody who is willing to do the work that it takes to figure this out, to dive into the material, to try and move towards the marriage again. Mm-hmm. And there often, unfortunately, we see a reluctance sometimes and or even a place of placing blame on the other person, the other spouse. Well, mm-hmm. you you didn't want to have sex with me, so I went. Or you You never well, gave me time and attention. Right. I mean, whatever All the, the reasons things. are. And, and that then, you know, those focus then kind of turn the tables again and mm-hmm. say, hey, if you fix this, I'll come back. Well, that's just such an unhealthy dynamic that mm-hmm. they need to figure out how, why, what, what caused the affair in the first place. Now, cause is such a huge, difficult topic. So I'm not expecting anyone to be able to answer that right off the top, but at least to be curious about, I, you know what? I don't know. I need to go figure me out. I need to work on my things. Like those postures actually would say that there's a lot of health in your relationship that could move you back towards each other. Well, the reality is, you know, being big proponents of story work, we are Dan Allender who founded um, that principle. I think anybody who finds themselves in this situation or chooses to be in this situation, the things you initially point to are the reasons for your affair actually probably have nothing to do with it. Oh, right. They are, things that you were finding yourself upset with, neglected with, whatever, but they aren't actually the reasons you sought it out. And so people being willing, the person being willing to understand that is so very helpful. Correct. Um, At the same time, the other spouse, the one who's been offended has to go through a process of betrayal. Mm-hmm. And that is that is a hard process as well. It is not easy. And so I think that um, that person also being willing to engage and, and, yeah, engage in that process is huge. Yeah, and in fact, many times, I think that process is even harder. And, and I'm going to use gender terms here only because when I'm working 
um, in this environment, it is always, almost always the men who have gone and had an affair or, or done that. And the women who are, are betrayed you mean just in coaching when I'm coaching. So, mm-hmm. um, when I'm working with guys, I will often tell them, look, you know, yes, you have to work on your story. Yes. You have to go and dig through some hard things, but that's because you are working on restoring your life and your, your relationship. So you need to go do this, but guess what? Your wife didn't even know that they needed this, right? All of a sudden, you've just handed them this kind of poison pill that says, okay, now you need to go work on your story too, which feels very unfair. And, you know, but unfortunately, how a person walks through betrayal is often based on other times in their life that they've been Mm -hmm. betrayed, they've been hurt, they've been left behind. And so they do need to work through their story as well. I think it's an important thing to remind them the distinction of whoever um, was the one the affair happened against, they have, like, their journey is the betrayal journey. But you are right. It's going to have to bring in an element of why do I react this way? There's nothing wrong necessarily with your reaction, Mm -hmm. Um, anger, sadness, fear, whatever you're experiencing there's nothing wrong with that depending on how you, as long as you're not hurting anyone with that. So there's nothing wrong with that. However, you have to be able to express that. You have to be able to walk through that. And a lot of it, as you said, does involve kind of figuring out why you react to things the way that you do so that you can have healing regardless of whether the marriage continues or not. That's right. Because yeah, it's important for you to process this. And it does kind of stink, as you said. But I think there's not a whole ton of pressure there. I think there there becomes a time, though, where you need to realize that you bring a dynamic as well. Right. And let me be clear, because this is where it always gets touchy. I am not saying that just that makes that affair okay no. because you've reacted X, Y, Z. No. Never, not what I'm saying. However, I know for you and I, when we walked through that journey of betrayal with pornography, first, I was very much in that place of betrayal and working through my emotions, how it felt, just all of that. But as I got to a point in the healing process, I realized that I brought certain dynamics to the table too, and I needed to kind of figure out why I brought those to the table. And so that I could be the best version of me, no matter what happened in the marriage. So please don't misunderstand right. us. We're not saying what the church often says of you need to do all the work so that your husband doesn't do this again, or vice versa, you need to do all the work so that your wife doesn't do this again. No, it's really a really brave step for yourself. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And and, and I think it's an important step in your own healing, no matter what happens to the Correct. marriage. Exactly. And, you know, but we want to just, just be really clear here. We have seen, we have been blessed to be a part of many marriages who have gone through some pretty horrific stories of unfaithfulness and yet were able to come back and reunify and go through a process of repair that really brings them to a place of 
blessing and positive and healthy marriage. Mm-hmm. It is possible. And it's a beautiful thing. It is. But I also want to be clear, we've we've had a front row seat to some really tragic, um, heartbreaking situations of good friends, people we know who boundaries needed to be set up because the one spouse was not in a place of owning any of their stuff, not willing to work on any of their stuff. And it was not a safe place for that person to be anymore. And correct. I'm just going to be honest because I want all the people out there who've been in situations like that. I consider that a beautiful, hard place, but a beautiful place to be in, in victory over that because that is not God's heart for marriage or Correct. for the way we treat one another. Not that we never have times of treating each other poorly. That happens in every marriage. But for someone to repeatedly have affairs, repeatedly uh, abandon their spouse, Brad and I are, we stand beside those people and say, draw good boundaries. Correct. This is not okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the important part is it's just um, so important to be able to draw some boundaries and, and we'll have more conversations about boundaries in general. But um, I always say in these kind of situations, if it feels like the spouse that had the affair is not willing to make a change, then it's time for some really hard boundaries. Yeah. And that Absolutely. boundary may be, you know what, you need to move out. And if you want to engage in counseling, then here's the steps we're going to take, right? And, but you let them know what that looks like. Yeah. And and I just, yeah, we're just very passionate about that. Just as much as we're passionate about two people who want to figure it out. Correct. That's something Correct. we definitely um, love to see. I don't love to see the other side, but no. I also don't want people I know living in situations that are not what God designed. Because the church kind of says just marriage at all costs. And it's like, no, that's actually not Jesus's heart. No, um, His heart is to people who are willing to look at themselves and take good hard looks and do yes. the hard work. Yes. Well, and and let's just be clear, you know, God does say, because we'll know we'll get people leaving comments like this, We, God absolutely says that he hates divorce, but because we are sinful people, he has given places where divorce is okay, because what was happening was people were being left destitute. People were being left in situations where their life was in peril. And that was never God's plan for marriage. And so that's why these exceptions are here. And it may look slightly different than that in this century than that one, but the reality is God wants the best for us. And he's never intended for marriage to be shackles to something completely unhealthy. That's not mm-hmm. the idea. That's not what his scripture, that's not what his word is. So I there are times where that has to happen. Remembering that God hates it when one of his children treats one of his children that way too. Exactly right. And and one thing we always sort of find ourselves talking to couples about, I think, who end up in this sort of situation is because often one spouse is dragging the other. Correct. Like, 
let's do this. Like, let's see if we can figure this out. And, and I, when I hear someone say that, I just say, well, how long are you going to drag them along in the process? Correct. How long are you going to carry them? Like, I actually want them to make an effort for you because you are worth it. And so are they, right. you are making the effort, but they're not. And my question is, how long are you going to do that? Yeah. And yeah. That, and that's where we have to sometimes get into our story of understanding why we're willing to drag someone and, and just knowing that if you're in a situation like that, I totally get it. However, that person should actually want health for themselves that leads to health for your marriage. Correct. And if they don't, and you have a dynamic of you pulling them, it's going to stay that way. Yeah, that's exactly right. And and then that gets to be this really hard place where are you just stuck in this process where you're dragging them to a little bit more health until they until something else happens. Mm-hmm. And very, very few affairs, very few situations like that happen because somebody went out looking for it. Mm-hmm. But it's boundaries that got crossed. It was a relationship that slid into inappropriate places. Well, as soon as somebody is just being drug into health, versus choosing to go there and putting the effort in, they're going to find other situations where boundaries are crossed. And mm-hmm. so it's just setting it up to happen again. We need to do a whole podcast on boundaries. Yes. Bound- <laughs> boundaries is such an important part of marriage and having oh, healthy, life. healthy boundaries. Yes. Life. We talk to our kids all the time about situations because almost everything they come home talking to us about, there is a yeah. boundaries element. So. so so what would you say, um, I'm going to use the gender one again, because I just have a feeling this is going to be more of the situations, but what would you say to the wife who is listening to this and just recently found out that their husband was unfaithful? Uh, I think my first thing is I hope you have community that you can lean on people that will love both of you. Um Regardless, now when I say love, there are some people that uh, in our lives, really good friends who've gone through really messy situations. We still love both people, but it has not been something where we've been able to stay in contact with both because of their choices, but we still love both of them. Um, But I hope that you have community that will love you both, that will call you both to a better place that will honor your stories, um, but also will set up boundaries with a spouse who isn't willing to Correct. move in a direction that is towards health for themselves first, that will lead to health in their marriage. Um, and so I would say, I hope you have that community, reach out to people you know you can trust who can walk beside you during this right. and can be all of that, what we've said, the, the, the loving and if needed, the boundaries. Correct. Um, if you don't have that, you know, reach out to Brad and I, we have uh, our ministry and our coaching and whatnot, but you need someone to walk beside you. Correct. Because all too often we isolate. It's just oppressive. Yeah. It yeah. just gets really oppressive. Yeah. It, it absolutely is. And I'm going to tackle the other side because I know there's going to be some guys that are listening that say, you know, I, I want to save my marriage. I've been in a situation. I've been into pornography. I've been in an affair. And, and I do really want to save my marriage. What do I need to do? 
Um, the first thing you need to do is to just work on being honest as well as you can, not to hurt, but to just be honest. And then walk through the process of answering questions as openly as you can and get some help. Because right now, you don't have any answers to why, right? You don't know the reason why. You don't know why this happened. And You think and you I, do. You think you do, but it, I, I totally understand that. And so that's part of probably the hardest question to answer. Um, questions about when, questions about what happened, like those are ones you're just going to have to walk through to answer. But the questions of why you're going to need some help to dig into what's what's behind it. Mm-hmm. And if you can just take the posture of, I want to work on myself, I'm not looking to blame, I'm not looking to place responsibility on anybody else. I just want to work through this. Yes, your marriage can be saved. It's going to be hard work, but it is possible. And I think just always we want to be super um, honoring and cautious of just flipping those roles. Absolutely. And, and I we've would, certainly I would, seen that. I would say the same thing to a wife who's coming and saying, I've had an affair of just being honest and open and, you know, walking yeah. through that and being really hard, but being curious about why you entered into a relationship outside of your marriage. And I'm glad you said that because we, we do have those, those clients as well. We've seen those where the roles are reversed Mm -hmm. and it, it adds an element of shame to both parties going through it and Mm -hmm. an element of isolation Mm -hmm. um, where it feels like they can't talk about it. Um, so it, it is even harder, I think for both people, um, if, if it's the wife that has the affair and the husband who's walking through betrayal. Um, so it, it is definitely a very difficult time. And I'll just stick it in there again. We need to be curious about why Why? we as Christians, like, and I think still as a world, we're very much still a male, like, yeah, male head led this kind of stuff that um, it's this way and what that what that brings. So right. just be curious about that because it's so, important. So we hope that this helps to maybe lay a foundation that it is possible, but it's going to take some work. Uh, we're here for you. And we love working with couples who are looking to restore after Uh, and through betrayal, whether that be a restoration together Mm -hmm. or individually. And uh, we would definitely be be happy to talk to any of you. Um, Stop on by and to our website, stillbecomingone.com, or reach out to us, help at stillbecomingone.com. We would love to hear from you. I hope that was all helpful to you. We will still be talking about more ways that you can work on still becoming one in your marriage. Still Becoming One is a production of Aldrich Ministries. For more information about Brad and Kate's coaching ministry, courses, and speaking opportunities, you can find us at aldrichministries.com. For podcast show notes and links to resources in all of our social media, be sure to visit us at stillbecomingone.com. And don't forget to like this episode wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow us to continue your journey on Still Becoming One.